Welcome to the Member Engagement Show with Higher Logic, the podcast for association professionals looking to boost retention, gain new members, and deepen member involvement. Each episode, we'll bring on some experts, talk shop about engagement, and you'll walk away with strategies proven to transform your organization. I'm Kelly Whalen, a marketing professional and association enthusiast, and I'm so happy you're here. And now let's start the show. Welcome back to the Member Engagement Show. Today, I'm excited to be here with my colleague, Sarah Spinoza, to talk about HireLogic's 2022 Association Member Experience Report. In one of our previous episodes with Marianne Frey, Marianne and I talked a lot about checking in on or checking in with your members or constituents to actually ask them what they need rather than assuming what they need. And for this report, we did that. Um, We surveyed 250 association members about what they value most from their associations. Um, This was a project that I really enjoyed. We were both really excited to work on it, and it's something that we're really excited to share with you as well. So, Sarah, do you want to jump in and say what you are most excited about with this report? Yeah. Well, thank you, Kelly, for having me. Just to give you kind of some context and background about where I'm coming from, I'm currently the product marketing manager for Higher Logic on the association side of the business. But prior to that, I have been in the association world for more than 10 years. So I have a lot of experience reading reports of these natures and trying to apply the takeaways to my particular situations at, at my former associations, I was really just most excited that we went directly to the source that we spoke to or surveyed rather association members rather than those folks running the associations and just kind of inferring what they think you know their members want. So I think that's probably like the most important thing that we could call out here is that we went right to the source to find out exactly what they're interested in. I think it was really insightful. You know, we looked at how members want to receive information, right? We looked at what member benefits they actually value most. And we also looked at the main reasons that members may consider leaving their associations. And I think those takeaways were really interesting. I'm also formerly from the association world and have about seven years with a nonprofit organization that had a large association membership and then other nonprofit organizations that had association-like components. And I remember as soon as I was looped into this project, I was sort of nerding out. I was like, oh my gosh, if I was in my former role and I got this report, I would be so pumped about it. So what I would have, I feel like this information would have been really helpful for me in, you know, validating some of the suggestions that I would regularly make to our leadership team. So this would be like super helpful for my work. For example, uh, my former association, we sent a lot of emails and I was always advocating to try to keep that from getting to be like too many emails. Um, So one of the pieces of data in this report that I feel like would have been really helpful to me was that most association members feel that zero to two emails a week is the right number of emails. So if I had been able to point directly to that and it wasn't just my suspicion or opinion and being able to point directly to that when I was advocating, you know, not to schedule that third or fourth email in a week, I think this would have been a report like this would have been really helpful. And at the same time, some of the stats actually really surprised me. Like you said, 
there's a question in there about how members currently receive information from their association and how they prefer to receive information. And print mail and text messages were way higher on that list than I was expecting. And social media was so low. And that's not something I was expecting to see. So I feel like reports like this offer us a great opportunity to check our assumptions. And again, that came up in a previous episode with Marianne, like you might have these ideas about what you think your members want, but it's a good idea to check in with them regularly to see if you're right about that, because you might not be. Definitely. And I think, you know, it's really interesting too. like in my former association, we would obviously we would survey our members just I think it was just about annually. And a lot of the feedback was we're getting too many emails, we're getting too many emails. And then you would also look at, well, how do you prefer to receive information by email? (laughs) (laughs) So this I mean, our report kind of validates that, you know, and it's going to be unique to each individual organization, I think probably a lot also has to do with like a generational breakdown and the kind of information right that you're relaying as well. But you know, I just think that's super interesting. Yeah, another piece of information in the report that I thought was interesting was members kind of mentioned how often they typically interact with their association, and that was about once a month. So for for that stat, it kind of drove home for me that you're not going to get engagement on everything you do with your members. You know, like maybe you are sending out an email or two emails a week, but you're not going to see a hundred percent of the people open that email. So I wish, I wish you did. I wish I had seen that. If you're lucky, you get like a 40% open rate, but I feel like that drove home for me that it's really important when you do reach out to your members that you're providing value every time, because that, they might open just that one email and then the rest of the month not engage. So it's really important that you're not kind of spamming them with stuff that's not relevant to them, that you're really trying to make sure that you're personalizing the message to them and that you're giving them the stuff that they're looking for, trying to meet their needs and where they're at. Absolutely. I mean, you know, finding value in membership is a constant struggle for associations. And so if you're sending them multiple messages and they're engaging with, you know, one or two of them per week or per month, it's so critically important that you're serving up relevant information to them. You're giving them exactly what they came to you for. And I think, you know, there's some different ways you can go about knowing that obviously you can survey your members and ask them, but that just kind of gives you a general pulse, right? And that's only from the people that actually respond. I used to love like looking on an individual basis and seeing what insights I could draw from the conversations and community and then tying that back to the topics that we were communicating about. You know, my old association, like many associations, tries to be everything to everyone in that particular Mm. industry. And so Mm. that's when looking at the data and looking at like what the individuals were interested in and tying that back to the communications that we were sending out. That's what that's why it was so critically important, right? I mean, if you're talking about young professional programs to someone who's doing succession planning and getting ready to retire, (laughs) that's not gonna, that's not gonna feel like, you know, that person. And I think, you know, that speaks to the importance of that, like personalization. And I, I know you had some, some thoughts to share on that as well, Kelly. One of the stats, I feel like we've shared it a couple times in different places because it's, it's so 
useful to have the actual breakdown of the percentage, but in the report, 64% of members said they wanted a personalized member experience, but only 46% said they're getting that. So there's a big gap there in what I feel like members, you know, say they want from personalization and what they're getting from their associations. And I feel like from my own experience in an association the, the idea of personalization can be kind of daunting because you're like, well, how am I going to individually <laughs> email every person this specific thing that they're wanting? Because, you know, you're maybe a staff or a marketing staff of like four people or two people or one person. And you're like, how am I going to get down into the nitty gritty of what each individual person wants? And then I think you also kind of then default back to maybe just, you know, inserting first name in your subject line or your email and thinking, oh, check check that box off. I've done personalization. I'm, I've checked that box and I'm done. But I think there's tools out there that kind of help association professionals in personalizing. Like at my former association, we had Real Magnet, which was later then acquired by Higher Logic. And I used dynamic content blocks a lot. I think in other higher logic products that is also called story level targeting. So I would use that a lot to kind of flag, hey, I want these people from this list, you know, if they're a member to receive this message. And then within that same email, I'd put a block that was for non-members that would say, if they're a non-member, I want to highlight that they just missed out on like a discount or they missed out on this really cool program. So I feel like dynamic content blocks and that those kind of tools in any kind of association product or specifically in higher logic can be super useful in making it a lot easier and less time consuming to trigger things to certain people at certain times. So I know we also used campaigns and dynamic content blocks in our member onboarding campaign to specifically call out for people like what their membership expiration date was or call out a couple specific things related to their interest areas. And we didn't have to make like six different emails to do that. We made one email and it had a couple of different dynamic content blocks that were triggered to go to different people depending on certain attributes in their account or whether they were on a certain list. And it just made it so much easier. And then we had that campaign. Eventually we got to the point that that was automated. So we didn't even have to hit send on those. And I feel like that saved our membership department. I remember talking to my friend in the membership department and she was like, I think we've, I've saved like literal days of my life every Every month that we used to be sending these out manually. So it's just super powerful. And again, giving members what they want, that kind of personalization where you can tell them, hey, I saw that you like XYZ things and I'm going to tell you about those specific things. And you make a really great point too, Kelly. I mean, we've recently launched Smart Newsletter, which is a new feature of Higher Logic Thrive. And what that does is it generates an automated email based on each user's actions. So we'll notice, you know, it's, it's, again, it's all automated. So it's AI and it notices what your members are interested in. If your members are visiting, you know, your community, that's all about your annual conference. Maybe that's going to flag more information on annual conference to that member. So it just really helps you become smarter and it helps you work more efficiently and also saves you a ton of time too while making your members feel like you're talking exactly to them about what they're really interested in. 
that just sounds like a super cool feature. I feel like I'm just going to have to get in and play with that since I don't specifically need to use it anymore. But I feel like I just want to see it in action because that just seems like such a very cool new feature. I want to come back to to something you said earlier about checking in with your members on kind of a regular basis and getting their feedback on a regular basis, because that was something that came up in the report too, that I think like 60% of members who responded to the survey said that once in a while, their association will ask them for feedback, but 10% said they never are asked by their associations what they want or how things are going or what what kind of things they want to see in the future. And I felt like that's like a missed opportunity. Even that 60% that said once in a while, I feel like that's a missed opportunity because you could be doing an annual survey and and maybe that's what members mean by once in a while. And I think that's a great baseline, but you could also be checking in more regularly. You could be doing like polls in community and stuff. Or you can even get creative in the way that you're using like your automated campaigns. At my old association, one big pain point for us was just holes in our data, right? And there was this constant like conversation around, well, how many questions do we want to ask on the membership application? You know, you don't want to bog it down and make it so difficult that they give up midway through and don't actually join the organization. But on the flip side, you recognize that there's a lot of value in understanding exactly why they're coming to you, exactly what their function is in their organization, exactly what, you know, their organization does within the industry, et cetera. And so there were opportunities where like just drilling down and it wasn't across the entire member base. It might have been just like a small subset where we didn't have all that much data And so, you know, I would set up a campaign and I would go out to them and automate a campaign to help enrich our data and help us learn exactly what they were looking for so that we could better serve them. And it was under that context too, like help us, you know, essentially help us help you. So that's another way of going about it as well. I feel like we ran into that a lot as well, just that same balancing how much to ask when someone signs up with the fact that you actually really need that information so that you can personalize and give people what they want. So I feel like I wish that I had had that idea when we were working on it. And I feel like that's why hugs sometimes those hug connect, like sharing between different association professionals can be so useful because I feel like I get so many ideas from other people. I think another thing that's really useful is kind of just, and I, Sarah, I feel like you mentioned this earlier too, is kind of going into your own online community and looking at what your members are talking about. And that's come up too when we talk to our customers and our clients when they share how they're using community or how they're using higher logic products. I hear a lot from folks that are using community to kind of get a pulse check of what their members, what's really important to their members. It gives them ideas for content they can then put out. So like they might see oh, all of our members are really concerned about this like recent legislation or, oh, they're really dealing with this challenge around certain scheduling styles or something. And then they can put out guidance around that and they know exactly what people are looking for because they see people talking about it. They can also see who's talking about it. So if someone's in there making recommendations, they can follow up with that person and say, hey, we want to do a webinar. We see a lot of people talking about this topic and we want to maybe schedule a webinar. Would you be a speaker on the webinar? Because because you were answering a lot of questions and it's kind of this like ever flowing 
well of <laughs> information and inspiration. I can think of like three examples off the top of my head across different associations. I mean, at my former association, when COVID was a brand new thing, I worked for the American Association of Airport Executives, and they were really concerned with the public perception of airports and the perception that airports are germy and that it was potentially unsafe to go to an airport and to sit on an airplane, right, with what the public's perception was of that. And so we were able to take action right away and say, okay, what resources can we provide or what other, what we did, what we ultimately ended up doing was partnering with essentially like the cleaning association to offer a certification. They had already been offering the certification for years, but it was never, you know, top of mind to airport operators, right? And so we were able to work with them to offer this certification and partnership. And that in turn gave the public a little bit more comfort and helped them feel a little bit more at ease walking into an airport, knowing that that airport was, it was called GBAC certified knowing that they were taking the highest safety precautions and following the highest protocols and applying cleaners, not only just applying the right cleaners, but also applying them in the right way to actually disinfect and, and actually kill the germs. And then, I mean, same, like when I was at the Association Analytics Users Forum a few, gosh, I guess a few months ago now, Reggie Henry was there and Reggie is from ASA and he was talking about how you know, the data in the community is what helped inform them on what COVID-related resources and materials and topics they needed to be producing for ASAE members. And then also, as you mentioned, Kelly, more recently, you and I spoke with Joey from Shape America, and Joey was talking about how he's used the community, the data in the community to help their organizations identify the right member benefits and, and explore new you know, possibly new programs to offer to their members based around what they were hearing them talk about as either being important to them or identifying that they need. Again, it's like kind of that ever-flowing well of, of information and stuff that you could then build on with your members. And that kind of reminded me, talking through like what members are looking for, valuing what they need, that also reminded me of like another stat I was super interested and excited in, in this association member experience report that where we got folks to answer or rank rather what their top member benefits were, which was really interesting to kind of see how people ordered them. And the top benefits were certification, online networking. So going back to the online community piece that we've just been talking about and industry news and information, which again, I think like kind of comes through in both your emails, but also in your online community that you're sharing that. And I think that that was a really interesting piece of data to be able to pull and kind of see where people are at, where the averages are. I was also particularly interested in and kind of surprised that events, both in-person and virtual, were one of the lower ranked, in fact, the lowest ranked member benefits in the list of what we asked people. That was that was interesting. And I wish we had data from before the pandemic to see if that would have been the, the same, but it was for in-person and virtual. So Again, I just think that's kind of interesting that people are, maybe they're liking those kind of off-the-cuff networking opportunities better than more of a structured thing. I'm not sure. 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like also like micro learning events, or maybe don't even call don't even label it as an event, but like micro learning opportunities have been more and more of a thing rather than a whole hour long webinar that I have to commit to or a two day conference that I have to travel to. I mean, I was reading something recently, Kelly, it might have been something that you wrote about humans attention span is now like less than a goldfish or something. And that just blew my mind. I mean, and that kind of with that in mind, it kind of gives us the context as to like maybe why events are not as high of a member benefit, you know, or not as ranked as high of a member benefit. But then also on the flip side of that too, like kind of difficult. I don't know what your former association was like, Kelly, but like my former association, we would do free webinars for sure, but mm-hmm. all the in-person conferences, those were paid events. And yeah. especially for like folks who are running airports, it was hard for them to step away for a day or two days or three days and be completely gone. Not to mention, you know, expensive, right? Yeah. That was definitely always a challenge for us because we had, you know, a large annual conference. We actually had two annual conferences a year at my former association because we had two really large segments of our audience that kind of had slightly different needs. And I remember we were in the process of merging those conferences into one in 2020 before everything hit the fan. And I, it was really a a large conversation with our board, with our staff, with some members about kind of balancing exactly what you said. Like, how do we make sure there's enough content here that people can make the case to come to this event, but also keep it short enough that people can come because they're not going to be able to give up like a week and come here. Even if, you know, each of our conferences previously would have been like three days and two days, you can't just put those together. And now everyone comes for five days because we just were concerned that people wouldn't be able to come for five days. And I'm sure people's budgets, people's timeframes have changed too with the pandemic. And I think it's kind of feeling out where folks are at now and what they want. And I think that's another important part of like, yes, this report gives you something to start from, some questions Mm -hmm. to ask, but you have to ask your own members too. So like, and you know, I would also challenge that too and say, well, maybe there would be more of an interest if they felt like it was more about them, if they felt like it was more personalized to them. I mean, you know, members want to feel like their associations are providing a personal experience overall that can't just be unique to emails, right? So, you know, that goes down to the education. Are you covering the right topics? A good source to chart is in the data in your community, right? Or, you know, I was at an, at, one of the conferences that I was at recently and there was an association exec there who was talking about, you know, for the longest time, I think he was, I think he ran like their marketing department and he was talking about for the longest time, we've done this like fancy formal dinner at the end of our annual conference. and like looking at the data and looking at the number of people that have attended and the the ROI, right. Uh, It was continually decreasing. And so they finally decided to cut it based on like what the data was showing them, even though other execs in the association were just like up in arms, we can't cut that. We've been doing it for a hundred years. And at the end of the day, it was, there was no negative repercussion to that organization. So I think, again, it goes back to just making sure that you're offering that personal experience to what your members actually want. And then maybe you'll see that satisfaction increase. I feel like that's kind of the whole point of all of this is like, 
getting to engagement? Like, how do you get your members engaged? And honestly, one of the the stats, it wasn't a surprising stat, but it was, again, really validating, was that one of the main mem- reason members leave their associations is they feel disengaged. They don't feel engaged with the association. So I feel like all of this, the whole report, and a lot of what we do as association professionals is figuring out how to engage our members. And it really, I think the point that you've made is a really useful one that it's about like examining what do your members really want? How are you able to help them? And are there new ways that you can give them things or are there things that you've quote unquote always done that you shouldn't do anymore because it's not what people are looking for anymore? I think it's like a question we're always asking ourselves in the association space. I think what what is also helpful to know is kind of the reason why we produced this report. We kind of had a hunch that members are wanting for a personal experience from their associations, but we just wanted to make sure that we were validating that hunch through data. But like in my mind, you know, I think when I turn on Netflix, I expect my perfectly curated recommendations. Heaven forbid if my husband watches something on my Netflix account, he gets in trouble. But just kind of in that same vein, like I expect that information to be tailored to my taste, to my likes and dislikes. And the same goes like when I log into Amazon and I see suggestions for me there. What I've found recently is on my Alexa show, I keep getting like this pop-up question from Amazon asking if I think the Washington commanders will win this weekend. I'm in the DC metro area. So like they just assume that I'm a commander fan and I'm sure I've bought something for my husband. I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan. I really hope that the commanders actually don't win. But what they're doing there by asking that is trying to learn more about my preferences and what I'm interested in. And they're doing it kind of in a creative way. And all that to say, I think, you know, that was kind of the basis for this report. We suspected that members of associations are just like any other consumer like you and I, where we expect our interactions with nonprofit organizations, with associations, with for-profit organizations to be personal and to be unique and customized to our preferences, right? And so that was kind of the basis of this report was to kind of validate that fact. And I think we've definitely done that and, and much more. Yeah. You know, building off of everything that we've learned in this report and everything that we've talked about today, I would remiss it, I would be remiss if I didn't plug Higher Logic Thrive Platform as some of our listeners may know, HireLogic Thrive platform launched back in April of 2021, and it was really developed to kind of represent like the shift in association engagement solutions, right? Like we recognize that it's so important to put your member at the center of everything that you do. And so HireLogic Thrive platform really brings together the three core pillars of association technology, which are community marketing and member management into one integrated platform that gives association professionals really actionable insights into what their members value the most and give them tools to make it easy to easy to act on those insights and easy to really provide that most personal experience. What strikes me too when we've talked about Thrive Platform is how it makes it so easy. Even if you're a small team, it kind of reduces the lift that you're going to do to get that personalized personalized experience. And I feel like that's so important because all of the organizations I've worked with are small and you kind of find yourself debating, okay, what things do we actually have time and staff to do here? And having the technological infrastructure and having a streamlined 
tech stack makes all the difference for what you're actually able to accomplish because instead of you manually like comparing reports and stuff, you've got this data that's really actionable that you can use to achieve these outcomes or these efforts to engage your members without as much effort. Well, I feel like one thing I really wanted to close out today's episode with was, I mean, all of the data in this report was, to me at least, super interesting. And I feel like other associations too should find some really impactful data or just you know, really validating data or surprising data. So I encourage folks to download the report. It's the 2022 Association Member Experience Report. I'll link it in the show notes so you can find it easily. And overall, on top of all the ways that the data was really useful, I think one of the really nice things to see was that a lot of members feel really positively towards their association. So we want to keep building on that and and make sure we're providing value to our members. So I encourage our listeners to download the report and check it out. You might even consider posing some of the same questions to your own members and see how their answers are the same or how their answers are different. So thank you again, Sarah, for joining me. I always enjoy kind of nerding out about association (laughs) stuff with you. Um, Likewise. Thank you. Yeah. And um, make sure you subscribe to the member engagements show so you can tune in for more tips and resources to help build your member engagement. 